0: Reboot your credit card with Apple Card. It gives you unlimited daily cash back that can earn 4.15% annual percentage yield when you open a savings account. A high-yield, low-effort way to grow your money with no fees. Apply for Apple Card now in the Wallet app on iPhone to start earning and growing your daily cash with savings today. Apple Card subject to credit approval. Savings is available to Apple Card owners. Subject to eligibility. Savings accounts by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Shark City Podcast. My name is Aaron James, and I'm a radio broadcaster, a video gamer, and a Soundsy Sharks fan. We have a great show ahead of you, <laughs> ahead of us, pardon me. But first, if you would like to join the conversation in the podcast, the Shark City Hockey Instagram account at Shark City Hockey is where you can find all of the podcast topics and all of the um, links to chime in to the show. So, uh, once again, our hockey uh, Shark City Hockey Instagram account is where you could find. Everything in our highlights or live on the Instagram stories. So, if at any time you'd like to share your side of the puck or just vent about the most current Sharks game, or news, digitally call into the podcast and leave us a message on our SpeakPipe. SpeakPipe allows you to leave a podcast message directly from your browser, so there are no calls to your phone or mobile service provider. You have up to five minutes per message and can leave as many messages as there are topics. Please share your name, the city you're calling from, and your response or reaction. In the message so we can know who we're talking to uh, the link can be found in our link tree listed on our bio by or by visiting speakpipe.com forward slash shark city hockey all right today's big news in sharks territory is the impending release of evander kane evander kane was informed by the sounds of the sharks that he was being placed on waivers saturday morning for the purpose of a contract termination. Specifically for breaking AHL rules by traveling home to Vancouver back in November while still being in league protocols, Evander Kane will remain on waivers for the next 24 hours, so other NHL teams will have a chance to claim him. Should Kane remain unclaimed, the Sharks will terminate the rest of his contract, and that will pretty much be a cap hit of seven million dollars a year until 2025. Um, the NHLPA, the Players Association, released a statement on Twitter saying that we are aware of the San Jose Sharks. Stated intent to terminate Evander Kane's contract. The NHLPA intends to challenge any such action by filing a grievance. Kane's agent also released a statement saying, uh, We are aware of the Sharks' decision to put Evander Kane on waivers for contract termination. If he clears, we will file a grievance. Uh, the Sharks do not have sufficient grounds to take his, to take this action. End quote. Uh, so, it's about to extremely interesting in Sharks' territory, as if it wasn't already. Uh, To review the 2021-22 season for Evander Kane, uh, Kane was accused of being the source of locker room dysfunction. Furthermore, his legal battles and personal issues were published throughout the country and all over social media. Following his suspension for breaking league protocols, Kane was assigned to the San Jose Barracuda, making it the first time in his career that he even played in the American Hockey League, and that is where he has remained until today. Evander Kane played five games with the CUDA in which he scored eight points. Now, this will probably be the toughest subject that I'll comment upon because the details that have led to this point in his career are tragic. Uh, What I will say is this. Allegations and court decisions were made, and Evander Kane was still a part of the San Jose organization. Uh, Now, some rumors suggested that some players in the locker room, including Hurdle, don't want Kane back on the team, yet multiple players, including Ferraro, Vlasic, and Hurdle himself, shared the opposite when asked on the record early in the season. So um, that's kind of one of the biggest fallacies in Sharks territory I know this year is that most of the narratives out there that are spoken are, you know, that are being spread out there, I guess is to say. They're being spoken like they're a matter of fact when they are really a matter of opinion. And um, I'm not very fond of this like muddy the waters technique because it only divides the fan base, right? Not the team. And uh, being, you know, being the Sharks fan for 23 years has taught me that these players, coaches, the front office, even reporters will come and go. But the Sharks fan is the person that stays until forever. So um, there's been rumors that relationships between Kane and the Sharks already fell apart at the end of the last season. Um, a lot of this caused debate, not just amongst, uh, you know, sports personalities or writers, but it caused debate amongst us fans in Sharks territory. And, um, you know, whether or not the relationship between the Sharks and Evander Kane was already destined to be where it's at now, Um you know, it kind of just felt like a slow-drawn-out breakup. You know I mean? That's debatable, whether or not the Sharks seized the moment to, you know, and I'm trying to take advantage of this, like, okay, Vanderkin broke protocol, let's cut him. But uh, because, you know, the Sharks are exercising what they believe is their legal right to terminate the remainder of his contract. But, uh, you, know, you know, time will tell, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. I won't f- offer my two cents on this uh, topic or subject, that much because you know it's a sticky situation and that's pretty much all I'm gonna say about that Um, a few questions do remain though Evander Kane can be claimed by another team he'll remain on waivers for the next 24 hours and um, you know if he does get claimed by another team can he play it's obvious that they're gonna file for grievance right so his agent is saying it the NHLPA is saying it so if Evander Kane is claimed, will he be able to play on another NHL team while that whole process takes place? Who knows? We'll find out. Uh, ironically enough, we asked San Jose Sharks fans how they felt about Evander Kane, specifically if he should play at least one more game in sweater, uh, regardless of you know what his tenure at San Jose would be, you know, uh, potentially be, which now it's over. Uh, 41% of you answered yes, while the remaining 59% are out there celebrating today because they said no. And uh, let me digress. It's not like you could uh, celebrate anyone losing their job. I'm not trying to say that. Uh, That's kind of uh, twisted. But nonetheless, a lot of people out there felt that maybe Kane was, you know, a root to some of the problems in the franchise. So with that chapter being closed, and now that seems to be behind us in Sharks territory, the real question remains, um, where do the Sharks go from here, right? Now it's time to focus in on actually fixing our team. So... If the season ended today, the of the Sharks will be ranked 18th overall in the league, standings, and fall short of a playoff berth. Right now, we're at 6th overall in the Pacific Division. At the time of this podcast, uh, the Sharks are 18-16-1. In the last 10 games, Sharks are 5-5. Five and five. They have 32 goals for, 42 goals against. And unlike the previous two seasons, where the Sharks are obviously not a playoff contender, it is really challenging to put a label on this club. Uh, This season, the Sharks have shown glimpses of having offensive onslaughts and shutting down goaltending as much as they showcased a crumbling defense and Swiss cheese netminding. The previous two seasons, they featured only 70 games in 2020, 56, and 2021. Um, And the Sharks were affected by a multitude of factors, including having to undergo leadership change, coaching change, injuries, uh, not being able to play in front of fans, not even being able to play in their own building, right? Uh, this season we see some of the, more of the same factors playing a role in the team's ability to build chemistry with protocols and injuries, keeping players and coaching personnel away from the club, In uh, some instances causing the Sharks to patch together the lines with players from the Barracuda. And while these all seem like logical and rational reasons as to why the Sharks have been able to find success, uh, we think that the problem seems to be much deeper than what is on the surface. Uh, Many Sharks fans are able to identify just by watching a game if the team is legitimately trying to be competitive or not, right? In some cases, it has felt like the Sharks are really playing at all. It honestly feels like the Sharks are not even trying to win, and as radical as that may seem, like why would a professional athlete not try to win a game, right? Well, that's just what it looks like on the screen, right? Uh, A common term being thrown around right now in Sharks territory is identity. The Sharks need to find their identity is uh, what's being said and reported. But honestly, I feel like the Sharks have already found their identity and have committed to it two seasons ago. The Sharks are in rebuild mode. Sure, the front office tried to redirect the fan base concerns by relabeling it as a reset, but the results are the same. Uh, The Sharks have... uh, They may not be interested in actually losing games. It's not like they're intentionally playing for a draft lottery, right? But they sure do seem like they have no incentives in trying to win. Uh, the calls for a rebuild began a few years back. If you don't remember, uh, reporters, fans, social media accounts, maybe even some bots began to focus on uh, unfavorable contracts. And perhaps that was in response to losing the core players and a captain who had a significant impact on the Stanley Cup final campaign. Or maybe it's just a recipe to get the fan base accustomed to the idea that the Sharks are a falling franchise that needs to be imploded, even though they obviously have enough depth in the talent pool to make a strong playoff run. This season, you might have even heard that if the Sharks make the playoffs, they're not going to go really far. In my opinion, that's just ignorance and BS. The point of the regular season is to put yourself in a prime position to make a run at the Stanley Cup. If the Sharks make the postseason, they have the same chance as any other team playing playoff hockey to be champions. In a series of seven games, the regular season standings no longer matter. So if the Sharks have the same chances of hoisting the Cup by making the playoffs, why is the overall feeling like they don't even want to be there? Welcome to the rebuild. The Sharks want younger talent, as any NHL club would, but the Sharks also have younger talent, and probably some of that should have been on the main roster since October. Uh, The Sharks have turned these past-season woes into off-season accomplishments, drafting the likes of Ozzie Weisblatt, Sky Reedy, Benjamin Goodrow, of course, William Mecklen, right? If the Sharks continue the path that they're on now and slip further away from playoff contention, the Sharks will have another year of getting premier access to top talent in the entry draft. So, phase one of the rebuild is nearly complete. Uh, phase two, in my opinion, would be to part ways with those contracts you've heard people crying about for the past two years. You know, you have to build a desire to drop a player from within the fan base, right? It's not like you just cut the ties with anyone without risking fan backlash. So, that's where reports and dialogue on social media prove essential. Just remember that. Get people to help drive this call for a rebuild and you could do so with some damage control measures in place. In my opinion. It is a coincidence that almost every player with a multi-deal contract of like $5 million or more is under constant scrutiny, right? Uh, there's this obvious notion that it's time to part ways with some players, but the danger in this narrative is that nobody is safe in San Jose. Not even fan favorites like Tomas Hurdle. Phase three of this rebuild would be a step in which Sharks fans will have to wait until next season, maybe even longer to see, and that is find a winning coach. Let's face it, the Sharks are not going to be considered a cup contender with Bob Bugner behind the bench. Sure, okay, I mentioned earlier that the Sharks just need to make the playoffs for a chance, but will they make the playoffs under Bugner's system is a completely different story. The Sharks are going to need to get themselves a head coach that can truly implement a new culture, winning strategy, and ultimately holds him or her responsible first when the game plan falls apart. And that leads us to the second topic of this show. Is Bob Booner on the hot seat? Uh, Bob Booner has been a Sharks head coach since December of 2019. Taking over as an interim head coach, Peter DeBoer was fired and offered a full-time position the following season. Um, Booner has 128 games under his belt as of today. And only has 53 wins as a head coach of San Jose. What's worse than the losing record is the Sharks often look like a team that doesn't know what their assignments are or what their strategy is. Uh, the Sharks look like they don't know what to do out there as if they're left to figure it out for themselves, like playing hockey on the fly, so to speak. Uh, they look like a team that has no direction. Uh, some people out there are quick to point at the players, right? Not executing on the ice, But those same people are painfully oblivious to whether the coaching is capable of bringing a game plan that the Sharks or any team can win with. So we ask Sharks territory and 62% of you out there feel that Bog Boogner is on the hot seat. We are streaming across multiple platforms live right now. Just want to take a step back and remind everybody if you would like to share your opinions or take on how you feel about the Evander Kane situation, or the head coach situation, drop us a message on our podcast message service. That is SpeakPipe. You can find a link to that on our social media bios, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Shark City Hockey. Click on the link tree and find the podcast message tab with the phone emoji. If you're too shy to call in, you can leave a comment in the chat section. Uh, We're multi-streaming across Twitch, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Uh, drop a message and I'll do my best to get to it. Otherwise, leave us a voice message at speakpipe.com forward slash Shark City Hockey. Uh, back to Bob Bugner. 62% of you feel that Bugner is on the hot seat. I couldn't agree with you more, honestly. Um, however, the painful reality may be that Bob Bugner is not on the hot seat because he's doing exactly what the Sharks expected of him. Bugner is putting the franchise in favorable position to acquire talent for the future, while giving the front office cause to reevaluate big contracts. If the Sharks wanted to win games and contend for a coach, excuse me, contend for a cup, they wouldn't have hired a coach like Bugner to do so. Uh, the season may not even be his last. The fan base is being fed with ideas of rebuild, which means that we must learn to come to acceptance of names like Hurdle, Meyer, Vlasic, and so on potentially being on the chopping block. Sharks fans will have no choice but to be dragged along for the ride until the main roster is rejuvenated with our prospects and the right head coach is available to take us back to the promised land. So buckle up for the narratives of veterans being challenged or they need to step their game or prove themselves, right? Get used to hearing the media sweeping the coaching performance under the rug and get ready to lose any skater who is 25 years of age or older with or due for a multi-year, multi-million dollar contract. Um, So yeah, it's a lot to digest, I'll take a quick moment to digress, once again, drop a message in the chat, multi-stream, doesn't matter where you are, if you're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, or YouTube, it will be shown here, I will receive it. Also go to speakpipe.com, that's S-P-E-A-K-P-I-P-E dot com forward slash Shark City Hockey. Uh, yeah, so honestly, I think the Sharks um, need to honestly part ways with Bob Boogner. Will they do so this season? I doubt it. Will they do so next season? Hopefully. Like, seriously. Um, for me, I believe someone in Florida once quoted him as being playoff repellent. Um, again, I'm not coming down on Boogner. And this this whole podcast theme seems like, a, all right, we're after your job type of whole thing. You know, Vander Kane getting on waivers. And then, you know, calling for uh, Bob Booner to be replaced. So I apologize in advance if this, um, you know, this whole theme of today seems like, you know, uh, we're going after people's jobs. That's not even the case here. Um, We're just stating the obvious. Me personally, I'll speak for myself uh, rather than speaking for the entire Shark City Hockey uh, team here. But myself personally, I've been a Sharks fan for a long time. um, And everything that I say, all my opinions are pretty much – Based off of you know the fans first. I know that sounds kind of weird, but um, So, you know if, if I'm a little passionate if I am um, You know Kind of seem like I'm running on um, you know some fumes at times because of some of these situations and pardon me I'm just a Sharks fan, okay? <laughs> um, I'll digress actually so uh, My name is Aaron James. Thank you all for uh, listening And uh, tune into this podcast. Uh, I fell in love with hockey after attending my first Sharks game on October 7th of 1999. Uh, That night, Mike Ritchie scored two goals, including an overtime winner. Uh, It was assisted by the likes of Marco Sturm, Jeff Norton, Nicholas Sundstrom, Brad Stewart. Uh, That night, even a couple of guys named Ragnason and Donfu set up Nolan for a goal. Uh, the goaltender at that time was Steve Shields. He posted a .924, say, percentage while I was at the Shark Tank, and that sent Doug Waite, 24-year-old Mike Greer, and the Edmonton Oilers back to Alberta with a 3-2 loss. Uh, I remember the atmosphere of the arena, the chance of the crowd, the chomp on the power play, and, of course, the most epic interest in the world of hockey. Don't know why NHL or anyone else insists on asking it each year. It's the Shark Head. Uh, I've been a devoted fan ever since, and I bleed till. So, definitely have um, a filter, you know, wearing like till, you know, see things through till lens, so to speak. Anyways, um, so the sharks are about to drop the puck. I don't want to take too much of your time. They're about to drop the puck soon against uh, Philadelphia Flyers. So, it sounds like sharks fans, hopefully, uh, it's said that's the case. Are going to see Martin Jones versus the sharks for the first time since we've bought him out last summer, and. um... Yeah, there's. Uh, it's actually funny that we're speaking about uh, Martin Jones and uh, goaltending right now because that's actually the next topic that we're about to get to shortly here. I just kind of want to briefly review the past couple of games leading up to now. Um, the Sharks lost to Detroit on Tuesday, January 4th. The Red Wings scored six goals in their victory over San Jose just two days after Pittsburgh Penguin put on a clinic in the first period, scoring six goals in an 8-5 win over the Sharks. Uh, understandably, Chomas Turtle and Brent Burns were starting to become derailed by the results on the ice, and um, they actually had this to say following uh, the previous loss.
2: I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, you gotta you gotta be better. Uh, we gotta work harder. But you know, it's easy to say guys aren't working. It's it's you know, it's just execution and, and uh, more of a mindset and you know we, we got to fix it fast I just think we got to execute better um, help each other I think think when we put each other into mistakes and and, and putting each other into tough spots it, it can it makes it look a lot worse um, I mean just it's got to be better. I mean, I, I don't know. At the end of the day, you just got to you got to figure it out. Put the next guy in a good spot. You so got to start executing. Doing the same the things on the same page. And um, you know, obviously, this isn't
1: it's not good enough. So. It's 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 tough because I thought so we got pretty good, you know. First 20 minutes, you know, we got a little unlucky goal, and you know, you 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 go in the second. You're expecting, you know, we got four minutes power play, you know, and Change the game, change the momentum, the game, and and we showed up like that and give us two goals. That's just I don't know. I don't know actually what to say because this is embarrassing, you know. Show up and they, have, I think, one of the worst, you know, actually maybe PK sanction They scored two goals, two goals against us, and we show up there like we we'll go easy, you know. We were just standing, waiting for anything happen, and they just jump hard, score two goals, and. And it's it's tough because this, this was really embarrassing what we showed up in the second and it for sure was the change the moment the game and, and it's on us and 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 we just let Reimer again just in the net just like last game against Pittsburgh and and I I'm tough feeling because he he was so good all season you know in so many games and the last two games we didn't, we didn't help him at all.
0: Hopefully this will all turn around now that the Sharks are coming off a 3-2 win in Buffalo and have one more game today in Philly before they come back home and play five of the next six games at the Shark Tank. I believe the um, one game that is not at home will be the first time the Sharks are going to visit Seattle, so that will be interesting. Uh, These are not going to be gimme's. They're playing some of the toughest teams, but it has to start now, right? It has to start somewhere uh, if the team wants to make a push for the wild card. Uh, There is one thing I want to address on this road trip thus far, and that is Zach Salchenko. Who else out there is excited to see Zach Salchenko in the lineup more often? Uh, In Reimer's relief, Salchenko took over the crease to start the second period against Pittsburgh and put on a performance that was highlight reel worthy. Uh, His gameplay, without a doubt, recharged the team. The Sharks started to come back. Uh, They made it real close to making the pens choke when the score was six to five, but luckily the refs were on their side. Uh, pens were awarded a power play that ultimately put the game away, but it leaves you thinking, what if, right? Like what if the Sharks had gone with Sawchenko to start off with a uh, Reimer without a doubt is a starter, but the guy has needed some time off. Um Hill's back. So, you know, um, that right there would be already taken care of, uh, but the Sharks were beginning to work Reimer a bit too much and it's catching up. Uh, Sawchenko held the crease down, for all but one goal, and it was on that power play that was awarded late in the game with like less than three minutes. And uh, Pittsburgh scored within their two minutes in regulation. So, Sochenko made 20 saves and posted .952 save percentage against Pittsburgh. And the team had plenty of quality chances. It's not like they're, you know, taking it easy. Uh, Sochenko's performance was so impressive, he was named the third star of the game on the road. And uh, he only played for 39 minutes. For those of you out in Sharks territory who are unaware, Salcheko has played for the Moose Jaw Warriors in the WHL, the University of Alberta and the CWUA—that's Canada West Universities Athletic Association—kind of like the NCAA here, I assume for uh, USA. Uh, he played for the Allen Americans in the ECHL and the Sounds of Barracuda, obviously, in the AHL. Uh, seeing Salcheko play kind of brought me back to when the Bachoff was placed in the crease and relief for Shields back in uh, 2000. And the way he competed against Pittsburgh, and again, they weren't holding back as their lead was slowly being chipped away. It was really impressive, and uh, the Pens are one of the league's top 10 teams. So, uh, obviously, the goaltender battle is with Reimer and Hill, if that competition is even still going on, right? And that leads us to um, the final topic of this podcast before the Sharks face off. In the summer of 2021, the Salisbury Sharks are departed ways with the only goaltender to bring them to the promised land. 2016 Stanley Cup finalists. Martin Jones was brought out of his, uh, he was bought out from his contract in San Jose, and when you buy someone now, it's like an awkward transition of, a transaction, right? You like you pay somebody to leave, you no longer play with us. Uh, the Sharks' woes leading up to Jones' departure were more complex than just needing a new goalie, but the club elected to symbolically take a new direction and reset, starting with placing Jones on waivers for purpose of buyout on July 28th. Jones landed on unconditional waivers. And it wasn't a surprise to us because just a few days are like nine days, 11 days prior, July 17th, the Sharks traded away uh, minor league death goalie Joseph Koshinov for um, Aiden Hill. We also sent a 2022 um, second-round draft pick in exchange for a seventh-round pick for next year, and uh, Hill was presumably the next starting goalie in San Jose. The day after releasing Martin Jones, who the Sharks are about to play in Philly today, uh, the Sharks decided they want to bring back his 2016 backup, James Reimer. Early in the season, it became increasingly apparent that Reimer was earning the starting job. Aiden Hill had started the season with three consecutive wins in his first three starts, but he lost five of his next six. (laughs) Oh my goodness, my bad. Uh, He did make history by joining Vesta Toskala as the only goalie to record uh, two assists in a game in Sharks franchise history. So that was cool. But the lack of consistency paid for, um, his ticket, which is now behind the seat of Reimer on the way to the crease. Right. If the season were to end today, as we mentioned earlier, the Sharks would be ranked 18th overall. And, um, yeah, the time of this podcast, uh, Sharks are, excuse me, at the time of this podcast, Hill has played, uh, 18 games with the Sharks. If I'm not mistaken. And uh, 16 of those games he actually started, so two of them he was in relief. Uh, so we'll just count those games, and uh, his record is 7-9. and nine. For anyone who's wondering, Rhymer's 11-7-1, uh, 19 starts. Uh, so all this to say is, we asked Sharks Territory on Instagram if Aiden Hill was worth the trade and the value of next season's second round pick. 53% of you said yes. And I'll be honest, I say that I'm split when I think of Aiden Hill and the trade value of the second round pick. If the Sharks make the playoffs and do so with Hill as a starter, then by all means the trade paid off. But if the Sharks continue to drop in the standings, then we gave away a high value draft pick for a goaltender who isn't you know, who hasn't been able to claim the starting role from James Reimer. Or in other words, the Sharks may have not even needed him. Uh, perhaps, you know, Joseph Koshinov could have been just fine behind Altimus Ryan. Also, I'm a bit skeptical when it comes to Aiden Hill. I'll just be honest. Uh, I don't know if Aiden Hill would want to commit to San Jose for the long call. He filed for uh, arbitration at the beginning of the season when we, after we traded for him. And uh, without a doubt, it was to ensure that he gets a contract that he feels is worth his services. Especially after the Sharks offered over $2 million to Reimer just days after the trade. Um, for those of you who don't know, arbitration is a process that determines the amount of players should be compensated. If the two parties agree in this situation, the Sharks and Aiden Hill, then he signs. But if the player rejects the offer, then he becomes an unrestricted free agent. Now it's all water under the bridge at this point. But as a fan, nothing says I love my new team more like potentially walking away after giving up a second round pick for you, right? Uh, just just my take on the situation, but that's old news. The truth is James Reimer is on the side and Aiden Hill will have the opportunity to learn from an NHL veteran, while receiving plenty of ice time to reach and develop into the starting goaltender potential. Uh, Hill will undoubtedly find his way to the starting role next season. Uh, however, is Aiden Hill the future of the franchise? For myself, it appears as if maybe he's the answer for the next couple seasons, or until the Sharks find themselves a franchise netminder. Guess we'll have to wait to see if they can do uh, do so and find that in Hill, right? So, um, thank you for joining me. Hockey's about to begin in about 12 minutes. Uh, Thank you for joining me for the Shark City Podcast. Discover our fan site at sharkcityhockey.com. Follow us on social media. Search for username Shark City Hockey on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. The Shark City Podcast is streamed live on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, and Instagram, and is available on your favorite podcast platform. The latest episodes of Shark City Podcast can always be found at sharkcityhockey.com.